Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We are concluding our um, Peace Under Pressure series tonight. And uh, if you weren't or didn't, weren't able to make it the last two Wednesdays, I'll give you a quick recap. Uh, part one was uh, entitled Fasting from Fear. Uh, what we talked about, what we believe is that fear is not an obligation, but it's an option. Uh, you don't have to live a life of fear. Matter of fact, uh, we are encouraged to take a fast, take a break from fear, and, and be able to lean into peace. And, and fear isn't something that is directed by God, so it shouldn't be something that stays in our heart. So that's what we talked about in, in week one is, is fasting from fear. In week two, uh, we talked about maintaining peace uh, when our plans fail. And, and by that, uh, we said that if we just give our plans unto God, our peace will never fail us. If we give our plans unto him, he will instruct us and lead us to the promises that we never thought we were capable of. And, and so that's what the past two uh, weeks was, and, and I'm excited to close it out this, uh, this Wednesday. It's going to be a powerful message, but uh, before I move on, if you don't know me, my name is Caleb Slavic, or you, you can call me CJ. I'm one of the pastors here at Riverside Church, and I'm just glad to, to share my heart with my church family um, tonight, I'm just glad to be able to speak what God has been speaking to me, and, and I just pray that it, it falls on, on soft hearts and open minds. Um, and also, I want to welcome everybody watching online. Let's give our online audience a hand clap. Thank you all for tuning in through Facebook or YouTube. Make sure you press that like button and share button so we can spread this message to as many people as possible. And also, let's give a hand clap for any first-time guests in the building. Uh, thank you all for being here. Um, if this is your first time, just welcome home. Like Pastor Bobby says all the time, make yourself feel comfortable coming to this place and is ready to see the hand of God move in this place. Just be ready to see the impossible happen into this place. And don't think that it's something that, that it, it is or, or extraordinary. It's something that we've learned that it's ordinary here in, in this house of God. It's something that we've seen God is consistent in this house. Um, so make yourself comfortable. Um, we're going to have an awesome time tonight. Um, but we're going to pick up uh, for the scripture in Exodus chapter 4, uh, verse 10 through 12. Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 through 12. And some context about uh, this scripture is that God has just revealed to himself to Moses in a burning bush. Uh, who knows that would catch your attention? If you saw a burning bush and it was talking to you, you'd be like, okay, what kind of bush is burning right now? Is that a crazy bush or something, you know? Uh, but God has just caught Moses' attention through a burning bush, and, and he begins to express his desire to free the people of Israel from the, from the hand of Egypt. Um, but while God is telling him his plans, uh, Moses has his doubts. And this is where we pick up in, in verse 10. It says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. He said, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Turn to your neighbor and say the title for tonight's message. Say the password to peace. 
the password to peace. Let's, let's pray over tonight together. Father, we thank you that we have gathered tonight for no other reason other than to grow closer to your son, God. We welcome in your Holy Spirit in this place. We thank you, Father, that this ground is going to uproot, God, that this ground, Father, is going to call fruit of miracles, signs, and wonders taking place tonight, God. So we thank you, Father, that every person in this place, God, that we have expectation on the inside of us, God, to see a move from God. We love you, Jesus. We, we just thank you for just giving us the opportunity to gather together, Father, in this house of God and to learn more about you together, grow closer to you together, Father, for we don't want to leave the same person as we came in as, Father. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. Let's give Jesus one more hand clap. Uh, about uh, two years ago, I went on a vacation with my family to Hawaii. We went on a, we went on a cruise. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about going on a cruise nowadays. But cruises, ex you know, they existed back then, okay, two, two long years ago. Uh, they used to exist, and we went, on, we went on a cruise, and we went to Hawaii, and one of the things that we did is uh, that we went to the island of Maui, and we went on this, like, uh, jungle trek thing that took us through the, the, the jungle of Maui, and we saw all these cool sights, and um, this guide brought us to all these cool, like, hidden waterfalls. It was an awesome time, uh, but this guy that was was with us. She was she was excellent. She was really good. She she grew up in the area. She she knew the the, the jungle like the back of her hand. She didn't need a map. Um, uh, she didn't need you know the GPS. Like she knew everywhere she was going. And it was funny because she was so good at guiding and leading us that even though I found myself in an environment in a place I had no idea about, I didn't feel lost because I had a I had a guide I was following after, and she would pluck you know, different um, fruits and, and, like, berries from trees and be like, hey, take a bite. And, you know, I wouldn't even second guess it. Like, okay, you know, keep on going around, you know, because I trusted this guide. I, I trusted that she knew what she was doing. I, I, I trusted that she had the best uh, in, in for me, that she didn't, wasn't trying to trick me, that she, she was trying to help me and, and have me to have a good time um, in Maui. And that as I was following after, it, 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 was a, it was a thing where even though I was in the middle of nowhere, I didn't feel lost uh, because I had a guide. And I trusted um, this guide. And there were some, some people with us who were there from, like, Norway, and they, they really couldn't understand what she was saying to them. I don't know what language they spoke. But anyways, it was some kind of, you know, Norwegian language. Um, but they were, like, thinking, and they didn't really understand what she was saying. And I, could, I was watching them, and you can tell they were nervous this whole time. You know, because they didn't really know what the guide was trying to communicate with them. I, I think when I, when I was thinking about that, the reason why that you and I as Jesus followers can step out into the unknown so confidently isn't because of our good judgment. It's because we have a good guide in life. It's because we have a Savior, and his name is Jesus. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows you better than you do. And he, uh, he knows us so well, he knows what's best for us, that he is our guide in this life. And if we choose to follow after him, we will never find ourselves lost, even if we find ourselves in a place we don't know about. Even if we take a step into the unknown, you will never find yourself lost if you're following after Jesus. And that's what's so what's powerful about him is because one of the reasons why I trusted this guide in Maui was because not only was she experienced with the area, uh, but thankfully she was certified, okay? She was a certified guide. You know, she didn't come off the streets. She was certified. She took classes for it. See, the, the Savior that we serve, uh, he is certified. 
Uh, he, he has the experience. It says in um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, he, this, is, this is talking to, to the Hebrew church. It says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Uh, who's thankful that we have a Savior who understands where we are at? See, he's experienced what we've experienced. And not only that, it said, for we face all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So, what, so why we are so able to put trust in his leading is because he already took the steps that we're taking. And he's passed the test already. And that what makes him certified is that he was 100% God and 100% man and that he defeated death, hell, and the grave. So if there's one person in the entire world that should be, you should be able to have confidence in, it should be the name of Jesus. It should be your Savior. It should be the one who knows you better than, who you, than you. That should be the one that should hold our confidence. But this is what it all boils down to is that it's hard to follow after somebody you don't trust. You see, those Norwegian uh, people, you know, in Hawaii, it was hard for them to trust this God because they didn't understand what she was saying. They didn't understand that she was like, hey, take a bite of this fruit. They were like, what is she trying to you know, trick me into buying, like, you know, they didn't understand what she was saying, so it was hard for them to follow her lead because they weren't trusting her. What it boils down to in everything when it comes to our relationship with God is trust. If we learn to trust him, if we learn to, to trust him in every step of the way, that is when we're able to follow after his footsteps. I, I think um, Paul said it best when he was talking to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. What he was trying to communicate is that following after Jesus doesn't mean that you will find yourself lost. Doesn't mean that you will, you will find yourself not knowing what to do. Following after Jesus means that you're following in footsteps. You're following a path that's going to lead you to the only way possible to reach your purpose to reach your peace, to reach your promises, because what was going on in this Corinthian church is that they were trying to lead themselves, and they were leading themselves, and they were finding themselves lost. You see, if you choose anybody else than Jesus to follow after, that's where you're going to find yourself is lost. You know, if I had my own ideas in Maui and said, you know what, I know this guy's taking me this way, but I'm going to go down this place. Who knows real quick, I would find myself lost. But we do the same thing in life. Even though we have the perfect guide in front of us, we still try to follow our own path, thinking that it's better than what God has in store for us. And then we wonder why we find ourselves lost in our relationship with them. Then we try to ask why we find ourselves lost in, in, in our career, in our occupation. It's all because we chose not to follow God's example, but we chose to follow our own path. But see, what we're talking about tonight is that we need to learn to follow after the lead that Jesus has. And how we do that is with trust. See, when you have trust in God, that is when able, you're, you're able to have peace of mind. When you have trust in God, you can have peace of mind about the future. Because now you're not worried about you making the right decision. Now you're just worried about your obedience. You're not worried about how it's all going to work out. You're just worried about following the one who works everything out. So it all boils down to trust. And tonight we're going to take a look at the life of Moses. Because as we just read, he had his doubts. Uh, God was telling him some awesome things, some awesome ways that he was going to employ him and, he, and Moses was going to follow after him, but he had his doubts. And so tonight we're going to look at three different things that we have to trust God with, three different things that Moses had to trust God with before he was able to follow after his lead. See, Moses spent 
40 years as a prince in Egypt, right? Everybody knew that. He was a prince of Egypt. 40 years. He was a prince of Egypt, but now he finds himself in the land of Midian as a lowly shepherd. See, Midian translated in Hebrew means strife and conflict. So Midian, the land of Midian, if you ever find yourself in, in Midian, the land of, of Midian is, is the place you find yourself where you never thought you would end up. The, the place of Midian is where you find yourself buried in debt and you don't know how it happened. The, the place of Midian is when you find yourself in the wrong job, in the wrong relationships, and you have no idea how this all happened, and you look at yourself and you find yourself in conflict and strife with yourself. This is where Moses finds himself in, in this place in life is that he's filled with disappointment and regret because Moses was used to the lifestyle of a prince, the, the privileges of a prince, and now he finds himself as a shepherd, and he's asking himself why. Because Moses had to, had to flee Egypt all because he stood up for an Israelite. All because he stood up for, for a fellow Israelite. It, it says in Scripture that he, he saw an Israelite being beaten by an, an Egyptian. And out of his anger and out of his want for justice, he kills the Egyptian. But, you see, this, this happened not according to God's timing, but Moses' timing. See, that wasn't God's timing nor tactic. And even though that Moses did that out of boldness, instead of being rewarded for it, he was on the run for it. And it said that he barely escaped Egypt with his life. And that is what led him to the place of Midian. And then he is in Midian for 40 years, another 40 years before God calls out to him with the burning bush. That leads me to ask the question, God, why wait another 40 years? Why wait another 40 years to confront Moses, to ask him to, to lead the people out of Egypt? Why wait another 40 years? We would later find out that one of the reasons why God waited 40 years is because he wanted to make sure all the people who were hunting Moses were either forgotten or dead. But Moses doesn't know this at, the, at, the, at this time. All he knows is that he, he's been in Midian for 40 years, and he thinks God has forgotten him. And so this is what I want you all to picture Moses right now. This picture Moses disappointed, filled with regrets, thinking that his time has passed him up. He's 80 years old, thinking that his prime has passed him up, thinking that his promises has been avoided, thinking about all the mistakes he's made. And then this is when the burning bush happens. And in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, watch Moses' response when God calls him. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, it says, When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses. And Moses replied, Here I am. Moses didn't reply, Hey, it's about time. Mo Moses didn't reply, Hey, I'm busy right now. Moses didn't reply, Hey, I'm 80 years, I'm 80 years old. You should have called me when I was 40. No, right when God called him, Moses said, here I am. Here's what I learned about God's timing, that it never happens when we want to happen. And that you better be ready at all times to say, God, here I am when he calls on to you. So the question I want us to ask ourselves tonight is that are you ready to say, here I am at this moment? Are you ready to say, here I am when God calls you? Are you ready to say, here I am, when God calls you to start that business, when God calls you to start that book, are you ready to say, here I am? Because that what's point number one is, is that we have to learn to trust God with the timing. 
We have to learn to trust God with the timing. See, if you want to eliminate fear of the future, if you want to eliminate anxiety about the future, trust God with the future. Trust God with the timing. Because if you focus so much on about how it's going to happen according to your timeline, you're going to be filled up with anxiety. You're going to be filled up with fear. You're going, to be, you're going to be filled up with thinking, how is this going to happen? Why hasn't this happened yet? Why is this not happening right now? When God is calling you to follow after his timing. Don't worry about when that relationship is going to come. Don't worry about when that job, that promotion is going to come. Don't worry about all you have to worry about is that you're in the will of God. And that when God's timing comes, it's going to be at the perfect moment. See, what happened with Moses is that he spent the 40 years. And he could have spent that 40 years, you know, so filled with regret, thinking I'm never going to respond like God has forgotten about me. But instead, he stayed ready. Don't waste that waiting season. Don't, don't waste that, the, the season that you think that nothing is happening in your life because, as a matter of fact, God is preparing something in your life in that moment. And when you trust God's timing, you're able to not lose faith while you're waiting. When, when you trust God's timing, you're able to not lose faith while you're waiting. See, if you're going according to your own timing during that waiting season, your faith would be gone. Because you're saying, hey, why hasn't happened yet? Why hasn't this happened yet? Why hasn't this relationship come? Why hasn't this promotion come? Why haven't all my dreams taken place exactly when I wanted them to be? And your patience and your faith and, and, uh, would be gone. But when you trust God's timing, you know, you know that, hey, I'm just waiting for God to call me. Because when he calls me, I'm going to say, here I am. When he calls me, I'm going to say, I'm ready. When he calls me, I'm say, I'm good to go. And when you have that trust and his timing, the fear of the future will go. But the, the thing about God's timing is that you don't have to understand it to trust it. I mean, who's thankful that you don't have to understand everything? Who's thankful that you don't have to understand everything before you can trust it? Because that is actually what faith is, is that I don't fully understand, but I still trust you, God. That's what faith is. And so whenever Moses didn't quite understand the timing, he still had trust in what God was doing in that moment. So you don't have to understand the big picture. You just need to trust the one who puts everything together. And when you do that, you're going to be able to step into God's promises, not, not because it happened when you want it to happen, but because your obedience in that moment. And you're ready to say yes when the time came. Who's ready to say yes when our time comes? Even if we're 80 years old, I want to be the one who says, God, it doesn't matter when. All, the, the, all of that matters. It happens when you want it to happen. Sometimes you have to have, to have that kind of faith where you say, God, your will be done, not mine. Your time to be, to be done, not mine. You know, I find myself in this season, but even if it doesn't happen when I want it to happen, I'm still going to trust you. And when you have that kind of belief in God, that is when he knows that he can rely on you and that he won't lose you in the waiting season. That's when God will know that he won't lose you when you're in your Midian season. Because he says, this, this man, Moses, this person, they're not in it for their timing. They're in it for my timing. So I know that I can wait for the perfect moment to call them, and they'll be ready. They won't be discouraged. They, they won't be disappointed. But they'll be ready to say, here I am. So don't worry about the timing tonight. Don't worry about when everything's going to happen if we just hold on to the facts that God's, God's timing is perfect and that it goes beyond our understanding and that when we place ourselves in his timeline, that is when everything's going to work out. Who's thankful for God's timing in, the, in this house tonight?
It says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, now this is Moses pleading with, with God. He says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. He said, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. He said, I never have been, and, I, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. He said, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. See, God had just showed Moses all these miraculous things. If you read the scripture that happened just before this, he, he turns his, his rod in, in, into a snake. He, he, he made his, he, his hand um, come out, and his hand had leprosy, and he put it back in his pocket, and it was healed. He, God has just done all these miraculous signs to show Moses that he is powerful, and after all that, Moses still didn't trust him. See, the enemy will convince you some crazy things about your abilities. I want you all to look at what Moses' response was. Moses' response, when God called him to be a communicator, he said, he said this. He said, I have never been good with words. He said, I never have been. I am not now. And even though you have spoken to me, I, 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 I get tongue-tied. See, the enemy will try to convince you of these three things about your abilities. He will try to convince you that you've never been good at this, that you're definitely not good at it now, and that not even God can make you good at that. The, the enemy will try to convince you that you're not a good businessman ever. You're not a good businessman now. And that not even God can make you a good businessman. The enemy will try to convince you that you've never been a good parent. You're definitely not a good parent now. And that God, not even God can change that fact. See, the enemy is afraid for people who know their identity in Christ to step up. Because the enemy wants to keep our abilities and our talents down. Because if you look into um, Acts chapter 7, verse 22, this is, this is Peter speaking to a group of Pharisees about the recollection of Moses. And this is what he says about Moses. He says, Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. Speech and action, complete opposite of what Moses was telling God, that it was actually, it wasn't that Moses didn't have talent, but he lost his trust in his talent. It wasn't that Moses didn't have abilities, it's that he didn't trust God with his abilities. And when you do that, when you trust God with your abilities, when you trust God that, that he can do, make all things new, when you trust God that he can take your abilities and transform them, that is when you can go to the next level. The, the point number two for tonight, next thing we have to trust God with is we have to trust God with our talent. We have to trust God with our talent. Because once Moses trusted God with his talent, once Moses trusted God with his talent of communication, not only did Moses become a great leader, not only did God supply help through his brother Aaron, but Moses became the greatest communicator, one of the greatest communicators in human history, and one of the greatest leaders in human history, all because he attached his talent to God, and he trusted his talent with God. See, when you when, when you're able to trust your, your talent with God, that's when God is able to raise your abilities to its potential. When you're able to say, you know what, God, I am going to make, I, I'm going to give you this business that you gave me. I'm going to trust you with this business. That's when he's able to, to bring it to its potential. When you say, God, you know what, I'm going to trust you with parenting these kids. That's when all of a sudden you're going to find yourself being a better parent. When you trust God with your abilities, and this is what, you want, what I want you all to catch, he will change your abilities into anointing. When you trust God with an ability, that's when it changes from an ability to anointing. Because all of a sudden, you just had the ability to be a businessman. But when you trust God with your business, now you're anointed to be a businessman. 
You might have just had the ability to be a parent, but when you trust God with, with that ability, God anoints you to be a parent. You see, when you trust God with your abilities, that's when it transforms into anointing. The musicians you see on this platform, they have the abilities, but when they trust God with it, it changes into anointing. And that's when you feel the Spirit of God drop in this place like you did just 30 minutes ago because God's anointing is what brings you up to your potential, and that only happens by trust. You see, Moses wasn't a good communicator, wasn't a great one, but when he trusted God with it, he became an anointed one. He became the person who was able to lead millions of people out of Egypt and, and, and into the promised land. He, he was the one who was able to lead so many, not because of his abilities trusted to himself, but because he trusted God with it. And he said, I might come up short, but God, I know where I am weak, you will make me strong. I know where I falter, you will fill me up with faith. And when you do that, church family, I'm telling you, whatever it is, whatever you feel that you have the ability to do, if you trust God with it, God's anointing will take over it, and you're going to watch God take it to new heights you've ever seen before. Who's thankful for God's anointing in this place tonight that will transform our lives from the inside out? So Moses, where we find ourselves in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 through 14, in Exodus chapter 3, 13 through 14, where we pick up is where Moses, he, he finds himself doubting whether or not all these problems and oppositions that he knows will come his way just by going back to Egypt. He's doubting whether or not he's able to overcome it even with God. And this is in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 through 14. And this is Moses protesting to God. It says, but Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them that God of the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God replied to Moses, he said, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. What he was saying is that whenever you find yourself in trial, whenever you find yourself in need of help, whenever you find yourself that you don't have enough and a tank to make it to where you know God has taken you, who are you relying on in that moment? If Moses would have relied on the fellow Israelites, he would never have been able to even get into Egypt. If Moses would have uh, allowed, followed any other things other than God, he would never have been able to step into the, the purpose that he had formed. But if you rely on the great I am in every need that you find yourself in, you're going to realize that there is nothing in front of you that can stop what's inside of you. You're, you're going you're gonna to realize that when God has his hand on something, no man nor devil is going to be able to take that from you. And so... What Moses was saying is saying, these people are going to ask me who sent me. These people are going to ask who is backing me up right now. What do I tell them? And God responded, you tell them that I, great I am has sent you. The great I am has sent you. The next thing that we have to trust God with is that we have to trust God with the trials. We have to trust God with the trials. And in Psalm 46, verse 1, it said, God is our, our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Whenever there's a trial, I want you to know that God still sees it. Whenever you find yourself in trouble, I, I want you to know that the great I am is still, is still more powerful than whatever the enemy can try to put around you. You see, whenever you find yourself with the weight of the world on you, you have to understand that the great I am can lift that up in a moment. Moses found himself so overwhelmed with anxiety, he had to be reminded of who's the one who was leading him in the first place. 
we have to understand that it doesn't matter the trial, temptation, or tribulation. If we have the great I am on our side, there's nothing that we have to fear. What I, what I love is what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 57 through 58. And, and in this passage of Scripture, he's talking to, to the fellow Israelites, and they're questioning Jesus because Jesus had just told them that he, was, he, he talked with Abraham, and he talked with the patriarchs, and they were questioning him about that. And they said in verse 57, the people said, you, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. What Jesus said to those people right in that moment is that I am the one who sent Moses. I am the one that was in the burning bush. I am the one that split the Red Sea. I am the one who sent your ancestors out of Egypt and into the promised land. And that got them, the, the religious people so stirred up because they didn't understand what the power of the I am was. Because what Jesus is trying to tell us tonight is that he has, he's the great I am in so many different ways. Is that when we find ourselves in darkness, Jesus says, I am the light. When we find ourselves hungry for him, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. When we find ourselves what like our lives are falling apart, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whenever you find yourself in trial, just think of the great I am. And whatever you find yourself in, know that Jesus is the answer to get us out of it. See, God will turn whatever trial, whatever tribulation, he will turn our trials into trails real quick. He will turn our trials into the trail of the path less, less traveled by real quick because you will look back on your life and you say, you know what, that Red Sea, I was supposed to go through Red Sea because that Red Sea because God split that Red Sea. Maybe I was supposed to go through that relationship because now I feel stronger after that relationship. Maybe I was supposed to go through that that job or occupation, because now I have the experience and the knowledge to step into this promotion that God has just given me. When you trust God with every trial that is in your way, you're going to begin to look back and you will see how God turns around all things for his glory. And that's how it works out, is that when trouble comes our way, if we trust God with it, when trials come our way, when we trust God with it, in that moment, God turns it around for his glory. What I want to encourage you tonight, church families, whatever you find yourself in, just trust God with it. If you find yourself in the middle and you feel like debt is overcoming, if you trust God with it, you're going to see a way out. If you find yourself and, you're, and it looks like your marriage is falling apart, trust God with it, and you will begin to see it get built back together. If you find yourself struggling with addiction, trust God with it, and you will find strength built up on the inside to overcome whatever the enemy is trying to put you under. There is always, no matter the trial, no matter the trouble, there is always a way that God can turn it around just like that, and it all starts with trust. God wants us to trust him no matter what. God wanted Moses to trust him no matter what. God wanted Moses to trust him even when the Red Sea was in front of him and the Egyptian army was behind him. God wanted Moses to trust him, and as soon as he did, as soon as Moses lifted up his staff, the, the Red Sea was parted. As soon as we are able to trust God with our troubles, with our trials, with our problems, that is when God will be able to all of a sudden make a way where there seems to be no way. That's when God's going to heal when it seems like you were no way you're going to be able to recover. That is when God is going to send financial provision when you thought you were done, when you thought the business was over. When you trust God in the middle of the trouble, that's when God can turn what seems to be a burden into a blessing real quick. That is when God's going to be able to turn 
the worst trials you've been through into the best testimonies you're going to be able to speak of real quick. It's because you were able to say in the middle of it all, say, you know what, God, things look crazy right now, but I'm going to trust you with this trial. Things, things don't look good right now, God, but I still trust that you are good. And in that moment, that is when faith will arise and God's hand's going to be on it. I mean, do you have any witnesses in the house that when we thought we were deep in it, when we thought there was no way out of it, as soon as we said, you know what, I trust that God has a way even when there seems to be no way. And that in that moment, it's crazy how God does it. In that moment, all of a sudden, things start happening. We start getting phone calls. We start getting notifications. We start getting, realizing, oh, my gosh, God's on the move. And it was all activated by our trust. We have to learn to trust God with our trials, with our troubles. We have to learn to trust God even when things seem like they're falling apart. Because that, when you trust God, even in the midst of trouble, that is when faith is built. And then the next time trouble comes, you won't even think about backing off. Because, you know, if God split the Red Sea for me this time, if God brought me out of that that time, if God did this for me, this trouble ain't nothing for me. And so when you begin able to build that trust with God, you're going to realize that you're being able to go up that ladder with them. And the higher you get with them, the more things that come at you, you're going to just give it right back to God. And you're going to see God take you to new, new heights that you've never seen before. And you see God take your business to new heights you've never seen before. And you see God take your marriage to new heights that you've never seen before. And it's all because you trust God even when things don't look good. Will you stand with me tonight as we, as we close? I, w- I want to close with this scripture in Psalms chapter 143, verse 8. Psalms chapter 143, verse 8. And it says, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. The password to peace, and this is what I want to close with, the password to, to the peace that you seek in your life, the, the password to peace is trust. The password to peace is trust. When you learn to do those three things, when you trust God with the trials, when you trust God with your talent, with your abilities, when you trust God with the timing, you're going to feel peace into your life. Because now the fear and the anxiety is gone. Now the worry and debt seem not to be there anymore. And when you see that, the, that your peace is attached to your trust with God, let me tell you how it works out. See, the enemy will try to put so many things on us to overwhelm us, to make us feel filled with anxiety and fear. But whenever you, you just give them and give God your trust, you're going to feel peace enter the atmosphere. When, when you, your life is falling apart or feels like it's falling apart and you're saying, God, things look crazy right now. The bills are piling up. My, my health doesn't feel great. And, and all these things, the enemies are trying to put fear on you. But at the end of it all, you say, but God, I trust you. When you end it with that, peace will begin to enter. Because when you begin to say, God, in the midst of it all, I still trust you, you'll begin to have that peace of mind. You'll begin to have that, that, that peace of spirit, knowing that no matter what comes my way, as long as my trust remains in him, my peace is secured. As, as long as I know that God's the one who holds it all, and if I give him my trust, the enemy can't touch my peace. Man can't touch my peace. The world can't touch my peace. I can find myself in a pandemic and still be filled up with peace. I, I can find myself in a, in a political unrest atmosphere and still have my peace. And it's all because 
we're not trusting in those things. We're not trusting in, in all. We don't put our trust in people and, and government and politicians. We put our trust in Jesus. And when we do that, peace falls on us. Peace fills the atmosphere. What I want us to do tonight is that we're going to sing a couple of songs, but I want us to remind ourselves of who we trust. That we don't trust finances. We don't trust the economy. We, we, we don't put all of our trust in, in people. We don't put all of our trust in politicians, but we put all of our trust in God. And when we put our trust in God, our peace cannot be taken. Uh, our prosperity in Him cannot be taken. Our, our promises cannot be taken. When we put our peace and our trust in God, it can't be taken from us. So let's just sing a song tonight. Welcome in the Holy Spirit. I don't want us to leave this place filled with fear or anxiety. I want us to leave this place with peace of mind, knowing who holds our future, knowing who holds, a, who holds the key to the to financial prosperity. I want us to know that when we trust Him in all things, when we trust Him in everything, peace will fill up our lives. Peace will fill up our heart. So let's sing a couple of songs together. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit into the atmosphere. Let's make sure that he knows that we trust him. Let's have that burning bush moment. And let's say, God, here I am. I am here for you. I trust you. I trust your timing. I trust you with my talents. I trust you with my abilities. I trust you with everything, God. And when you pour more trust in him, God's peace will be poured onto you. When you put more, put more trust in him, God's promises will be poured on to you. So let's sing together. Let's sing out to him. Let's raise our voices unto heaven. And let's fill ourselves up with faith and say, God, we trust you tonight. Come on. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.